0: symbol of excellence in sports entertainment the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling
1: podcast production
0: Tokyo, Japan, Tatsumi Fujinami. They call Tatsumi Fujinami the dragon. And he is swift as a dragon. I'll tell you, he is some athlete. He is one of the finest ever from Japan. Nicknamed the dragon, Tatsumi Fujinami exploded onto the scene in the early 1970s. He quickly transformed into an international superstar. Gaining worldwide fame across the globe, including the United States, where he captured the WWE Junior Heavyweight Championship in 1978. Fujinami excitement personified. I always wanted to be the great wrestler that Fujinami was.
1: He's very famous in Japan, like Hulk Hogan. Fujinami could wrestle anybody. He could compete on any level.
0: Fujinami used his unique style to capture the International Wrestling Grand Prix Heavyweight Championship, the highest honor in Japan. He is the IWGP, the International Wrestling Grand Prix Heavyweight Champion, one of the most popular athletes in the world. A national hero, Fujinami was beloved in his native Japan, and on March 21st, 1991, in front of over 50,000 fans at the Tokyo Dome, he made history by defeating the Nature Boy, Rick Flair, to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Fujinami has
2: won this match! This is a big moment
0: for all of Japan. Fujinami became the first man to ever hold both the IWGP and NWA championships simultaneously. Tatsumi Fujinami has battled the biggest stars in the world, including WWE Hall of Famers Ric Flair and Antonio Inoki. During his illustrious career, he held 11 titles. And is recognized as one of the greatest Japanese superstars in sports entertainment history. WWE is proud to induct Tatsumi Fujinami
1: into the WWE Hall of Fame
0: Class of 2015.
2: And welcome to the Hogan Era podcast right here on the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire, part of the TMPT feed. Each and every week here on the Hogan Era podcast, we're talking about some of the greatest matches, moments, feuds, and everything else along the way that has to do with the immortal Hulk Hogan in the golden era of the WWF, 1984 to 1993. It is probably the greatest era ever in the history of the business it was the era that made Vince McMahon a retired billionaire. And here each and every week on the show, we've been focusing in on a lot of the big-time feuds of the Immortal Hulk Hogan. Recently, we talked to Travis Orndorff, the son of Mr. Wonderful Paul Ondorf. We talked all about that epic feud. We've talked to Roddy Piper in the past, Andre the Giant, Macho Man Randy Savage, King Kong Bundy, Big John Studd, the Big Boss Man, One Man Gang, Akeem, Kamala, Harley Race, Bad News Brown, The Undertaker, Ric Flair, Sid. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on with these amazing feuds that the Hulkster was able to have during that era. And really, with Hogan on top of the mountain, they were the kings. I mean, they were the best. You see the show Tales of the Territory, and you think, man, what happened to all the territories? Where did they all go? Thanks to Hogan, pretty much all gone, if you really think about it. Without McMahon, obviously his foresight and and his platform – you know, what would Hogan have been? What, what would McMahon have been without Hogan? And I even had an interview recently with Greg Gagne. He was saying without Hulk Hogan, Vince wouldn't have been able to do what he was able to do. Yes, he had the Macho Man to the World and the Pipers and the Orndorfs and the Andre the Giants. But you need that tippy-top guy at the top of the mountain to make everybody else fall into place in their rightful spot. So we've talked about some of the great feuds that Hogan had in WWF. But during the Hogan era, he also had some feuds in Japan that sometimes kind of crossed over into the WWF. And a guy like we're going to speak about today, Tatsumi Fujinami, an absolute legend in Japan and a WWE Hall of Famer, by the way, as well. So, you know, legend here, you could say too. His feud with Fujinami lasted a very long time. And Fujinami's history with the WWF lasted a very long time. And people may not know that or may not realize it, or maybe they're kind of maybe more of a new school fan. But Fujinami, I mean, he had a long tenure in the WWF thanks to the relationship with Vince McMahon Sr. and New Japan Pro Wrestling and Antonio Inoki so Fujinami had a longer run than you would realize or than you think in the WWF besides being a WWE Hall of Famer in 2015 three-time international heavyweight champion he was also a two-time WWF excuse me WWWF junior heavyweight champion the thing here is when the international championship was going on, it really was started in 1959 with Antonina Rocca and his defeat of buddy Rogers. But then it gets deactivated for a while actually gets deactivated in 1963. So it doesn't really come back for another 20 years until Tony Parisi wins it at a house show in Buffalo, New York. Then Gino Brito is the champ. And then Fujinami on MSG August 30th, 1982, of course, New York, New York, New York city, Madison square garden, Fujinami defeats Brito there. When you go over to 83, and in Japan, Ricky Choshu beats Fujinami. Then, of course, Fujinami would then beat Choshu back. Akira Maeda defeats Fujinami on March 25th, 1984, All-American Wrestling, New York, New York. And then Fujinami beats Maeda in 1984 at a house show in July. And then the title gets vacated, basically, um, when Super Strong Machine is fighting Fujinami in Sapporo, Japan and basically the title is vacated there and deactivated. As of August 31st, 1985, the title's actually abandoned because that is when the split with New Japan and WWF happens, when Vince McMahon Jr. comes along. Obviously, he kept that deal rolling. We talked about it in the Antonio Inoki episode. He kept a deal with them for years, 1983, 84, 85, because it was such good business for him, and and that was a nice revenue stream. He sent Hogan and Andre and a few others over there and he gets some money back and he gets some talent in exchange. But really that was to help kind of fund him and fund the WBF and pay off of his dad and pay off Monsoon and Zacco and Arnie Skolan and all those guys and really take full control of the company and start making a big time profit, get out of the black and, and into the green there. So once they end that relationship, I don't really need New Japan Pro wrestling anymore. I'm kind of dominant on my own. October 31st happens. New Japan, WBF have their split, and they deactivate the international title. Technically, the last champion would be Tatsumi Fujinami. So, I mean, that's in 85, and he's still there. So technically is a part of, of the Hogan era for sure there. But just to talk about Fujinami for a second, he is also the former IWGP heavyweight champion, six times over, five time IWGP tag champion. He was a former WCW world heavyweight champion. If you think about it, really, NWA world heavyweight champion. He does defeat Flair. It was not recognized here, but it was recognized in Japan. So when they have the rematch, it's very interesting to watch because Japan thinks he's the champ. We here in the States don't think he's a champion. And then Flair, quote unquote, wins it back. Well, Technically, here in the States, we're thinking Flair just defended the title and was a schmazz finish, and that Fujinami really wasn't champ, but he really was the WCW, a.k.a. NWA World Heavyweight Champion as well. So quite a lineage, you know, WWF International Heavyweight Champion, NWA World Champion, six-time IWGP World Champion. I mean, absolute legend in the business. Was down in UWA in Mexico, was the heavyweight champion there many, many years. If, if you like the Wrestling Observer, if you follow the Wrestling Observer, They really, you know, obviously follow the the technical aspect of wrestling a lot more. He's been um, a wrestler of the year for them a few times. It's just one of those things where he is not only should be recognized by the casual fans, but the hardcore fans, I think, know him best and absolutely love Tatsumi Fujinami. When you look at him and just, uh, you know, his career and what he was able to do, obviously a longtime stalwart of New Japan. I mean, he started out in the JWA under Antonio Inoki and Carl Gotch, and obviously was was the big promotion that kind of was started by Ricky Dozon. But he starts off in JWA, and then, of course, in 1972, when Anoki breaks off and creates New Japan Pro Wrestling, he basically wrestles for New Japan from 1972 to about 2006 and a little bit in 2008. So, I mean, what a run there in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Like I said, absolute God, absolute legend. But you look at the WWF start, his first match there, 123-1978. He defeats Jose Estrada. For the junior heavyweight championship, about a 11 minute 30 second match, and he you know will go on 1978 have a ton of matches in the U.S. in Japan, He even have some in Mexico where he's defending the heavyweight uh, junior heavyweight championship there, and really in 1979 he's still going through WWF, UWA in Mexico and New Japan Pro Wrestling in Japan, and continuing his run and having a just you know, a bunch of matches kind of here and there. It's not like he's a stalwart, but he is having matches a lot in, in the WWF. All through 81, he's having some matches. Then when he really comes back, there's a couple here and there in 1982, but really, 1983 is kind of where he comes and has a, a long run in the WWF. Really a lot on TV, WWF Championship Wrestling from Allentown, PA, and he's just doing a bunch of house shows in Springfield, Mass, MSG, Long Island, the War Memorial in Rochester, Glen Falls. So, I mean, he's got a little bit of, of a run here, not defeating anybody, big names. I mean, Jose Estrada, Tony Colon, Tony Rocco, um, Iron Mike Sharp, the executioner. So then he heads back to Japan, and while he'll defend, like I mentioned before, the WBF International Heavyweight Championship over there, it's not like he's you know a big part of, of the WWF. It's just one of those things where they have a good relationship and Fujinami is a legend and a great wrestler. So, you know, they like him and they'll keep him over over in Japan, but WWF will bring him over once in a while. For instance, 4-22 1985, Fujinami defeats Matt Bourne on MSG Network in New York City, 11 minutes, 30 seconds. So a little bit of a showcase match there as he kind of goes back to Japan and will defend the he- International Heavyweight Championship and defeat Jimmy Snuka by TKO, sixteen minutes thirty seconds in Ata, Japan. That was 513, 1985. thirteen, nineteen eighty-five. He'll have some matches with Bobby Backlund in eighty-five. Technically, back and not a part of WBF at that point, but a part of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, interesting stuff as far as us, as far as you know us here in the US. The WWF sends some talent over to New Japan, but New Japan also, you know, they take their gaijins on their own as well, and they have some big names. But in eighty-five, he wrestles. Iron Mike Sharp and he, you know, he'll beat him over in Japan. He'll beat Adrian Adonis in Japan. They bring over Adrian Adonis, Murdoch, and Bundy. Anoki, Kimura, and Fujinami are beating them in a six man. Um, they'll have Adrian Adonis, King Kong Buddy, and Pedro Morales versus Anoki, Fujinami, and the Cobra going to a double countout, 6-4. 1985. The Cobra, of course, was George Takano. So as far as just bringing guys in and out, it's one of those things where it's like, wow they must think pretty highly of Fujinami because he's wrestling these big names and, and these great characters and these guys in the WBF. So obviously Fujinami more so over in Japan, but they do spotlight him here and there in the U S as far as Hulk Hogan and Fujinami and and their history together. It is quite a history. If you really kind of look at it, it's like, wow, Hogan and Fujinami probably have more matches than you would think. Maybe not necessarily inside of the Hogan era, but man, they had a, a ton of matches together, dating back all the way to 1980. From what I could find, what I could gather, Fujinami and Hogan, whether opponents or or uh, partners or tag partners, had about 80 matches together. So you're thinking, oh, Fujinami Hogan, what you know? What is this? Maybe not all predicated; they're all happening in the Hogan era itself. But man, what a uh, what a you know long rivalry here. Starts five seventeen 1980. Suguchi, Kobayashi, and Fujinami defeated Hogan, Dusty Rhodes, and Tito Santana two out of three falls in Shizuoka, Japan. Uh, there's a bunch of other matches. Chavo Sr., Hogan, and Orndorff defeated Kito, Fujinami, and Anoki two out of three falls in uh, Fushikima, Japan. And there's a bunch of other. Cool, just random matches. Noki, Kido, and Fujinami defeated Hogan, Jimmy Jam, Garvin, Horndorf, which we've talked about before. Then, really, the first singles match in 1980, 10 3 1980, Hogan defeated Fujinami in about six minutes 30 seconds in Kumatoto, Japan. Hogan and Hanson defeated Kimura and Fujinami. They have another singles match in 1980. Hogan defeated Fujinami again in Kagoshima, Japan, in about nine minutes. They'll have a bunch of tag matches in 1981. They'll square off again. Hogan would defeat Fujinami in ten minutes thirty seconds in Shinmei, Japan, and then a bunch of two and three fold matches, bunch of tag matches, and you know random opponents. We'll go to 1982, and Hogan would defeat Fujinami again in ten minutes at Corken Hall in japan man it just seems like almost every year these guys 80 81 82 they're having matches again in 82 5 5 19 uh, 5 1982 hogan and fujinami go to a double count out and and can kind of continue on and then they start teaming together they're having uh, six bands and tag team matches together most notably here enoki hogan and fujinami defeated andre the giant El connect and dick murdoch two falls to zero in Kanaga, japan so whether they're teaming together or whether they're feuding, they had a definitely a long history together. Here's an interesting match from 1982. 9-17-82, Hogan and Fujinami defeated Max Superstar and Sgt. Slaughter in 14 minutes. So what an interesting pairing there as kind of Hogan and Fujinami as Hogan kind of most more the babyface side and teams with Fujinami there. They team with Anoki a lot and have a ton of six-mans all the way through 1990 1983. Then really once we get into the Hogan era, technically speaking, which is 1984, Vince, of course, is sending Hogan over there to Japan. Hogan playing more of the heel character, so to speak, as him and I and Mike Sharp are doing a lot of teams together. Him and Ken Patera are teaming together. Big John Quinn and Hogan and the Max superstar are teaming together um, as well. There's just a, a bunch of matches with Hogan. Hogan and Wild Samoan are teaming together. Uh Black Tiger and Hogan, Kerry Brown and Hogan. There's a lot of different variations of Hogan, but as far as Hogan and Fujinami during the Hogan era, yes, there's a WWF world heavyweight championship match two five five, 1985 Hogan defeated Tatsumi Fujinami in 13 minutes and 30 seconds in Nagawa Japan. So there's a big, big title match there as of course, Vince lets Hogan go over there and, and defend the WWF world heavyweight championship on 6-11-1985 is the last match during the Hogan era, and it, again, is a WWF World Heavyweight Championship match with Danny Hodge as the special guest referee for this one. Hogan would defeat Fujinami in about 11 minutes in Tokyo, Japan, at the Tokyo Metropolitan Gymnasium. Big show there, big main event as Hogan defeats Fujinami. So he did have a couple WWF World Heavyweight Championship matches in the In in the Hogan era, but in Japan, obviously, which a lot of fans may have not been familiar with that show, of course, drew about 12,000 people in Tokyo, which was a sellout for that building. So good feud, um, good stuff with him and Hogan having nearly 80 matches together, whether feuding with each other, whether teaming together, just really kind of a interesting time there because Vince McMahon Jr. is using that relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling, getting money from them, having a talent exchange, until he feels like it's no longer necessary. But when you're doing that, obviously, you have to have credible opponents in Japan for the Hulkster to wrestle, and none more credible than Tetsumi Fujinami. I also missed, in February of 85, they did have a double count-out match in Osaka, Japan, which was then leading into the rematch with Danny Hodge as the, the referee, which was a pretty damn good one. So then the really the last match they had together is post-Hogan era and really right before Hogan joins WCW 1-4-1984, the classic January Tokyo Dome show at the Tokyo Dome. is called New Japan Pro Wrestling Battlefield 94. Hogan defeats Tatsumi Fujinami in 13 minutes, 30 seconds in a damn good one. The main event of the evening was Tenru defeating Antonio Inoki, but obviously one of the main draws on the card was Hogan. And Fujinami loaded. Show Hashimoto versus Chono. The Steiner brothers against Great Muda and Hiroshi Hase. The Power Warriors are on the show. Jushin Thunder Liger's on the show. So Brutus Beefcake is even on the show. Hogan brings him along with him. So I mean, absolutely loaded, stacked card there, which was a huge deal, obviously in Japan on January fourth in Tokyo, which is you know the, the big show there, and uh, still the tradition to this very day. How many people were in attendance at the Tokyo Dome that day? Helped by Hogan. Obviously, Antonio Inoki and Fujinami as well. But 62,000 people in attendance at the Tokyo Dome there. So... What a damn you know good run there for Hogan and Fujinami. One of the um, lesser known feuds, of course, and much more predicated in, in Japan than really would be predicated here in the United States. But good stuff, obviously, from Hogan and Fujinami. Love talking about the Japanese stuff because you'll see some different stuff from Hogan. You'll see a different side of Hogan. You'll see a different style of Hogan when he's wrestling. You know, Anoki. And the Road Warriors and Tenru and, and Stan Hansen, and especially Tatsumi Fujinami in Japan. So great stuff there from Fujinami. His last match for the quote unquote WWF, and it was an international tag title match, which he was in WWF International, excuse me, tag champion. Kimura and Fujinami fought the Von Erics, Kerry, and Kevin to a double countout in Sapporo, Japan. That was 10 4, 1985. And of course, those titles get deactivated. The international title gets deactivated. And as of 10-31-1985, the WBF deactivated their relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling. They felt it was no longer needed. So let's head towards the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com, And, of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash tnptempire. Also, I implore you go to tpublic, tpublic.com slash stores slash TMPT, pick up the Hogan era shirt. It is a great seller and it's a awesome shirt. I love it. I love the design. So please check that out as well. Also, if you can on the TMPT feed, if you want to check it out, my prior interview with the immortal Hulk Hogan plays as a nice little piece to go along with this podcast. So check that out as well. Thank you everybody out there for listening. We'll see you right back here next week for a little Hogan era podcast. We'll see you next week, folks.
3: brother。と、3度目てすからね で
1: 恨み、なるほど。ドラマ
3: 今夜メイン結局 5分 5分48秒、5分48秒 ブッチャープロ若木日本球の発表 え、4人により 5200人と発表 ブ風の猛攻 が切れない。2m イノキ、1cm
4: 驚異的な語っておりもう
3: あのアックス<笑> <あのアクスボンバーの餌食になってしまいました>。<笑> <やつというパートナーを得て>、<笑> 先ほど井木
1: 半面を真っ赤に染めて遊血の中でアキラの猛爆
3: さあ、1956年ミネアポリス出身、レフリングに送迎
4: この。なるほど。
1: ね、ぺニーない AWA
3: AWA 放願であります 2m 1cm 147kg 新日本プロレスの核弾頭となっています一戦実践が
4: ま、まあ、
3: 全長であります。藤波のうまき重いきって対角線いや、安がバディローズを狙った。
4: 山本さん、はい。新日本プロレスの格段ま、
3: え、今ちょっと危なかったですね。
1: はい、見
3: 無防備にローズね、黒井軍団の中に。なるほど。はい。さあ、藤波とロードの一騎打ち。唸る弱足でパンピング ちなみに来週の戦いのポイントは5月の21日 の 5月 21日高松市民文化センターてきるか 日本有岩とそのその
4: あ、安藤富士並は連日のぶっちゃあ軍団とまあ、
1: の力と
3: kundoku 見せてますね。そうですね。はい。の弾みのショルダーツー脅威素晴らしいシェイプアップされた肉体上半身が隆起しているあの、
4: えー。やっかい
3: 後半こう
4: さん、はい、いま田に乗りあって